hear the word of God from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. This reading comes from the Common English Bible. By faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months when he was born, because they saw that the child was beautiful and they weren't afraid of the king's orders. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter when he was grown up. He chose to be mistreated with God's people instead of having the temporary pleasures of sin. He thought that the abuses he suffered for Christ were more valuable than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking forward to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt without being afraid of the king's anger. He kept on going as if he could see what is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood in order that the destroyer could not touch their firstborn children. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. You know, there's nothing quite like holding a newborn baby for the very first time. Hearing that first squeal, letting them open their eyes and look into yours. There's such freshness. They are radiant. There's such hope in the room. It's a brand new beginning. And for those of us looking on, it makes us want to be better people for this child, for this baby, for whom Christ died, for this one who is known already from God, called by name, and is greatly loved. This week, I had the privilege of greeting two brand new babies in the life of our church. One of them was Zadie Collins. And Zadie is a beautiful baby girl. And as I held her, I was overwhelmed with the joy and the potential of this new life. The hope in the room was palpable. And even as I held her, my mind quickly ran to other children who may not have as easy of a transition into this world as she seems to be having. But it also happens that it usually makes me go to the scripture that I'm going to be preaching on Sunday if I am, which made me think about Moses and how Moses entered this world just like Zadie, just like all of us, as a baby, a vulnerable child. And Moses' parents, they did all they could to protect him and provide for him. They hid him. They hid him for three months because his life was threatened just because he was born male. His life was threatened from the very beginning by the Egyptian king who wanted to kill all of the Hebrew male infants. This vulnerable baby, Moses, is the primary actor in our sermon today. And as Moses plays a key role in faith, our faith in the God of all creation, we are so grateful for him. We're so grateful for his parents and the faith they demonstrated. A faith that was strong under pressure. A faith under fire, as some have said. They acted boldly, not only for their child, but for God's future. And their faith drove out fear. Their faith 
drove out fear. And when Moses grew up, he acted boldly as well. He faced his fears. He had faith under pressure. He kept going. He endured as if he could see that which was invisible. And his witness for them and for his actions, for the way he showed us how to live a life that God calls us to live, we call him a hero. And we are so grateful. Would you pray with me? Oh, gracious God, we thank you for the heroes of the faith, for their courage, for their ability to trust you even as they are called to move into an unknown future. Give us that kind of faith today and let us hear your word of truth for each one of us. And so may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So for those of you who have not been here in recent weeks, we are in the third week of a sermon series called Hall of Faith. And we've been taking a tour through the biblical Hall of Fame, if you will. I'm not going to have a lot of football analogies just saying today, but we've looked at some of our Bible favorites like Noah the first week and Abraham and Sarah the next week. And today we're going to be looking at Moses as he's portrayed in those passages we read from Hebrews. Now, at first glance, Moses seems like a pretty unlikely hero. Yet God used him in mighty ways. And I believe God can use you. He's an unlikely hero because, well, let's just say the man, he had a past. <clears throat> I mean, first off, he was condemned at birth, condemned to death because he was born male. And by his family's cleverness, he was spared, but he was raised in Pharaoh's household. He was raised with wealth and privilege and power. And as he matured, his heart was open, and he was able to hear the cries of the Egyptian people, uh, the cries of the Hebrew people that were in bondage to the Egyptians. He was able to hear the cries of the people, his people, God's people. So when he saw a Hebrew slave being mistreated by an Egyptian soldier, Moses got enraged, and he killed the soldier. Then realizing that he was found out, he fled Egypt. So I'm just going to go on the record and say a fugitive on run from the law is an unlikely hero of the faith. But there's more to his story. Moses also had deficits. He is a self-avowed public stammerer who could not speak with confidence. He was full of doubt about his ability to do this for God. He was slow of tongue, Exodus says. Which brings me to the third reason he's not a likely candidate to be a hero, and that is he had lots of excuses. <clears throat> he said to God, who am I that I should go to the Egyptians and free your children from slavery? And God said, I will be with you. And then Moses said, but, but the Hebrew people, they won't believe me. They won't listen to me. 
And he then added, but Lord, remember, did you forget? I am not eloquent. I am slow of speech and tongue. And then finally he said, please, I pray, send someone else, not me. To all these things, God said, I will be your mouth. I will teach you what to say. I will send Aaron with you so he can speak for you to the people if necessary. Yes, Moses, he had a past. He had deficits. He had excuses. But God, God had other plans. Moses, one of the last people we would have thought would have been called to demonstrate a faith that would liberate God's people, the Israelites, but somehow Moses models for us how to have that kind of faith, a faith that changes lives. Yes, God had a plan for Moses. So what about you? Hmm? I think for just about any one of us, we could come up with the same kind of excuses for why we shouldn't be a hero of the faith. I mean, each one of us has a past, and if we take the time to really look at it, it can be not very pretty for some of us. I mean, hopefully none of you are a fugitive on law, on, you know, hiding from the law because of murder, but it's messy if we look at our past. And perhaps we know in our heart that we've cheated on someone or we've been dealing with our addictions and are just now beginning to be in recovery and we're thinking we're not worthy to be a hero of the faith. Or perhaps we're just getting ourselves, our feet back under us after a business deal that's gone badly or divorce. Or possibly we're not as quick and agile as we used to be. Maybe we are timid and shy Maybe we feel unprepared. Oh, and we're good at those excuses too, just like Moses. If you go through Exodus, you can underline, circle the word but several times. But God this and but God that. We say things like, I can't do that. I don't know how. I don't have the time. I might get some pushback. I am afraid. I think that's the biggest one. I am afraid. On Tuesday of this week, I was speaking with the church member about the possibility of a new job. It seems that it would be a great fit for her. It would use all of her gifts and graces, but it would stretch her quite a bit and challenge her abilities to the limit because much of the job would be in a second language. She readily acknowledges she has moderate grasp of that language, but it's not fluent. So will her ability to speak be enough? Will her skills be adequate for the task at hand? She's hesitant and scared and at the moment afraid to trust. Trust that God just might be calling her to this next thing. Trust that God will provide for her and Aaron who will speak for her, who will work with her. Being afraid. I get it. Many of us are. I myself find myself regularly in moments of fear. And Moses, he had incredible fear as well. But ultimately, faith helped him overcome his fears. He endured, he persevered because of faith.
Over time, this very reluctant leader eventually did just what God asked of him. And in time, he becomes one of the greatest leaders of our people, the history of our faith. So how does he do it? The text simply says, by faith. I mean, that's all it says, by faith. So this week, I've been looking up different explanations of faith, different descriptions, and Hebrews 11.1 1 is a great one. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't yet see. Khalil Gibran says, faith is knowledge with the heart beyond the reach of proof. I like that. Martin Luther King Jr. says, faith is taking the next step, even when we don't see the whole staircase. Faith is not being sure where we're going, but going anyway. It's like a journey without a map, and certainly not a GPS. Faith is, and faith does. Faith is active. Faith is the activation of our aspirations. It's a life based on unseen realities. It's a conviction. It's turning our dreams into deeds. It's turning our dreams into deeds. It's active. In short, it is the word made flesh. So faith, I think, is better understood as a verb than a noun. It's more of a process than a possession. For many of us, faith is something that we have to work at all the time. It's, we feel it strongly today, but next week we're having some doubts again, and that's why it's a daily thing to pick up our cross and choose to follow Christ's footsteps, to pick up our cross and be faithful. And though he was fearful, it was by faith that Moses eventually spoke truth to power. He confronted Pharaoh with the demand to let the Hebrew children go when he said, God says, let my people go. And ultimately, after 10 plagues and the parting of the Red Sea, Pharaoh got the point and he did let the people go. But for many of us, I think we get stuck in a place of fear. We can't move forward. We're unable because we're stuck there. Because we fear change, we fear the unknown, and we fear being out of control. At least those are my three. Fear paralyzes. Fear depletes our energies. Fear knocks us off course. And it blocks our ability to hear God's call for our lives. And unfortunately, fear is pervasive and widespread in our culture today. So how did Moses get through his incredible fear? By faith. By faith. He surrendered. He surrendered to the call of God and God provided help for him in each situation. He surrendered to the call of God in his life, and God provided help in each situation. It was hoped for help. It was unexpected help. It was real help. It's help. So what about for us? What helps us get beyond our fears? I mean, it's easy to say, just have faith. It's 
to live that out. So I don't have all the great suggestions. I'd love for you to email me some of yours this week, but I will give you a few suggestions for me how to walk through our fear with faith. One thing is just to take a deep breath and to step back, get a little bit of distance. It's hard when you're in the midst of that terrifying place, but if you can have a moment to step back and maybe you can look around and see that there is a family that loves you. There is a friend, even one friend, that holds you up and cares about you. And then, if you can see that, then maybe you could step back a little more and see that there is a church family who loves you and cares about you and wants to walk this journey with you. And then you can see that there's a world out there that's filled with incredible beauty if we're a little bit removed from our fearful second, we can have eyes to see something else. Maybe we can see some other resources that are available we've yet unexplored. Or maybe, just maybe, we can see a little light, a little crack in the darkness, and we know there's something beyond this, and there is a way out of this fear. A second resource for me, and for most all of the heroes of the faith, I think, is prayer. Prayer, simple, honest communication with God, our Creator. Simple, honest communication. And if you're in a fearful place right now, I'd encourage you to look at Psalm 56.3. Whenever I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In fact, let's say that together. Whenever I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Prayer, it's a huge resource for us as we're going through difficult times. And all times. A third way to help us have faith in the midst of fear, I think, is to step towards someone else. Even if our knees are shaking. I think that's what Moses did when he saw the people in slavery and bondage, he was fearful, but he stepped up to Pharaoh and spoke words of life and freedom, redemption. So it reminded me of a blog I'm a part of. I, I love this blog called Reverend Gal Pals. I think it's great. And we share awesome stories of, to one another, things that are happening in real life in the congregation, things we need prayer about. But I remember hearing, reading a story recently about a pastor who was on a subway in New York City. And she noticed this Muslim woman, young woman, who was being mightily harassed by a man. And she herself was fearful. But like Moses, with her knees shaking, she had this idea. And she went over to the young woman and she got right close to her and said, hey girl, how are you? I haven't seen you in so long. It's great to see you. Hey, let's get together for dinner. Right in the way of that man who was saying ugly things to her, another woman noticed what was happening. She came over too. They formed a circle of support around this Muslim woman who was being harassed. That's a powerful way to alleviate fear, doing it together. There's courage in that, there's hope in that, there's love in that, there's real sustenance in that. 
it was powerful. But maybe, maybe that feels just a little too vulnerable for you, and that's okay. There are lots of other ways to walk towards someone. And I would invite you to consider some of the caring ministries of this church. Maybe it's to take a meal to someone. Maybe it is to offer to go to a doctor's appointment with the friends from this congregation whom you know might be receiving some difficult news, but you don't want them to be alone. Accompaniment, friendship, faith, powerful relievers of fear. Stepping towards one who is in a fear-filled place can dispel so much fear. And as people of faith, I believe we need to be growing in our ability to step closer to God's people who are suffering so that their fears and ours could be lessened. As we step forward, as we lean in to others as community, we remember that even Moses recognized he couldn't do it alone. He needed so many people to help him out. He started off needing his parents. And then he needed his sister. And then he needed Jethro. That's the man who took him, gave him refuge when he fled Egypt after killing the Egyptian. And finally, of course, he needed Aaron as his spokesperson. How does that African proverb go? If, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. We need to go together. We need to support one another in faith and friendship. Tom Long is a seminary professor, and he's written a commentary on Hebrews. And listen to this. He writes, Under the pressure of testing and suffering, the naked eye can only see the oppressor. We can only see the jackboot of tyranny, the scars of child abuse, and the x-rays with the spot on the lung. Faith. It sees all of that. It does not pretend that there is no Pharaoh, no evil, no disease. But faith also sees God. The God who promises to bring an end to all that harms and destroys. The God who provides. Like Moses, the faithful of all times and places perceive the one who is invisible and have the conviction of things not seen. Moses' story is told in the book of Exodus, but it begins in the book of Genesis with a story about Abraham and Sarah and their family with whom God makes a covenant. Generations later, Moses draws that extended family together in the form of a nation and offers them a structure and a code of laws. Friends, we are all part of that extended family. That baby I held this week, Zadie Collins, she's a part of that extended family. And Zadie and Grayson and Joseph and Lucy and Nell and all these other children big and small in our congregation, we need models of faith like Moses. The world needs more Moseses out there. And we need others like Dr. Martin Luther King and like the women on the subway and like you. The world needs 
you, your love and your compassion, your hope and your joy. Yes, this world needs you. And I hope you will trust, trust that God has chosen you, imperfect as you think you might be, and yet just right for whatever it is God is calling you to do. You know, we've already prayed that prayer, what, whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And now I'm going to ask you to pray another prayer with me, but this one silently in your own heart. And for some, it's a really scary prayer, but it's a simple one. Yes, God. Please, God, use me. Let me be your person. Let me keep on going as if I can clearly see that which is unseen up ahead. Let me trust you. In praying this prayer, we must acknowledge the truth that you will, I will, we all will have struggles and difficulties. In fact, we'll have some downright failures. But through them, you can be a gift to this world. You, yes, you, can be a hero of the faith. May it be so. Will you pray with me? Oh, gracious God, we recognize that at the core of our faith, you are right here with us. When we're lost and afraid, wandering and exiled, enslaved, afflicted, hungry and in despair, you hear our cries and you set us free. Help us to trust you more fully so that we may confidently go into this unknown future with you and together. Amen. So as a response to the word and as a way to uh, receive our prayer cards and our tithes, our offerings and gifts, I would invite the ushers to come forward to receive our offerings.